the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4, listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Had a cloudy rest of the afternoon and evening. Had a little, little drizzly thing happening still. 58 the low eventually tonight, tomorrow. Apparently no drizzle about it. Rain should be stronger and heavier. Maybe a couple of thunder showers as well. Although warming up to 72, then all of a sudden, everything changes. We get sunny, but drop like 20 degrees starting on Thursday or, uh, or Friday, I should say, right through the weekend. Going to be sunny and 50, 55 for a few days. Go figure. Flyers lost 7-1 to Pittsburgh last night. Not a nail biter. Washington 7-2 over Houston in the World Series. That's tied at three games apiece. So, after all, there will be a game seven. And you can believe that the hardest working producer in Philadelphia radio, if he has the energy after doing this fine broadcast, will have his feet up in his Barker lounger. And we'll be watching Washington and Houston tonight in the deciding game. Am I right? Jose, can you see? Are you there, Joe? I, I'm, I'm sorry. What do you do it? I hit some wrong buttons and I don't have a headphone. So you, can you hear me? Are you lip reading right Not now? Not when I have my mic. <laughs> That's weird. All right. Well, never mind then. Just drink your coffee and relax. People will have to take my word for it that you're going to watch the World Series tonight. I am going to watch the World Series tonight. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, I'm not sure who I want. I'm with you. There's actually, I read an interesting article about, so is it better for, is it better if Houston wins? Cause that gives them two world series championships in three years, kind of like have a, have a team to dislike, if you will, or a team to aim for, or is it better? Cause Washington hasn't had a, a championship in, in, in DC for 95 years, as far as uh, baseball goes. Of course they did have baseball missing from action there for, about 30 years, but they did have a team back in the 20s, Walter Johnson, all those players. Yes. You know? Yes. Walter Johnson actually started a, a World Series game in 1929, did horribly. He was older. He was in his mid-30s, late-30s. Right. You're right. Then they brought him back in Game 7, and he won, either won that game or saved that game. See, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. You, you plow yeah. through. Don't let a yeah. setback set you back. I got my headphones back, too, Timmy. I'm glad, Joe. <laughs> You look a lot more. I look like I know what I'm doing. You have things together now. That's great. It's not like the show moves every day. The show's at four. So as far as like being ready, it's like, oh, I wonder if the the show's at three today. I didn't know someone unplugged my headphones. Well, who would do that? Ted. Good old Ted. Ted Winkler. Ted's not even here to defend himself. Well, then I I, I wouldn't use his name if someone's here. Uh, Right. I forgot. Yeah. I'm also a coward. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. So, uh. So game seven tonight, that should be fun. And uh, Sixers are home. It's the kind of thing, if you're a little kid, you ever played baseball, like, and now Joe Harnett, game seven, bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the ninth. 
that kind of thing. It's it's pretty close. So wake up. I I imagine what's like to be a baseball player and wake up today and tonight's game seven of the World Series. You know what's yeah. the most what's one yeah. of the most exciting mornings you ever had? You know, getting up and getting ready for the day. Can you? That's my son. My son when he was, was born. When the day is born, you could tell. Oh, oh yeah, I remember the doctor handed him to me and he said, "Mr. Harnett, you're the father of a beautiful little boy." I said, "No, I'm not. It's a girl." And he said, no, it's a boy. I said, no, it's a girl. And he said, well, let's unwrap him and see. Okay. Because I have nine nieces and only and one just... nephew, and I figured I'm having a girl. Wow. That must yeah. have been great. What, what time was he born? He was born at uh, 723 in the morning. And okay. he was 8 pounds, 13 ounces. So you kind of knew. You yeah. kind of knew this was happening. Obviously, I mean, well, labor. we were in labor. We were in labor all night. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little embarrassing. We played pinball. I have a pinball, great pinball machine in the basement. So my wife and I played pinball until about two, and then. Are you kidding me? Right yeah. before, like five hours before she gave birth, she's playing pinball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. She I learned almost something... beat me too, but I couldn't let her do that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I learned something new about you every day, Joe. I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, but usually it's a good thing. I I would say the day I got married, because you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But those those are those are special moments. Yeah. Well, so in any case, Sixers are home tonight, regular season, not quite like going game seven of the World Series, but they're having a good year so far. So they play Minnesota. We have a special guest in studio today, Joe, and his name is DeMont Reese. Now, I went to school with DeMont years ago, and he's a photographer, and uh, we've been chatting on Facebook back and forth a little bit, and the reason I wanted to have him come in is because... His life kind of captures a few things. Uh, part part of it is he went to Christian school, but also not like fully embracing the faith the entire time uh, from the get go, which is sometimes is the case. But he's also uh, so there's been growth in that regard. There's also professionally, what does it mean to go to a Christian school, let's say, and then kind of be shot out into the world? And how do you take your faith to a place where it's not necessarily the norm? I went to the same school as as DeMont did, but then I went to Penn State, you know, where there are Christians on campus, there's Christian groups, but it's not necessarily, Christianity is not the standard. It's not what's expected. Kind of the opposite, you know, Christian school, you know, not everybody's a Christian, but right. it's, it is the standard and it's kind of, this is the framework. So mm-hmm. I want to talk with him because he's done a lot of work in the photography field. He's photographed presidents and the Pope and all kinds of stuff. So kind of want to just Wow. Walk alongside him in how those two paths intertwine his his faith uh, as he's grown in the Lord, okay. as a professional as well, and decisions you have to make along the way. Because if you're going to excel at your craft, there may be times professionally you have to decide: do you only work in Christian circles, or do you, you know, when you when you're obviously walking in, in political circles or other things, or whatever it might be, you may come across situations that would call for compromise or, or tempt you to compromise and. So anyway, I want to talk with him about that because I think he has a lot to offer. It's neat to be able to to kind of just to, to, to tackle something where it's it's a struggle I think anybody could have. How do you take the gifts God gave you, make sure you're walking with him, and how does that play out in your everyday life, whether you're a teacher or whatever you do for a living? So we're going to tap into his brain on that. I'm interested in hearing some of his stories too because the stuff he's done has been pretty neat. That is interesting. Right. I'll be interested to hear what he has to yeah. say. So we'll go to a quick break, and we're going to come back. His name is DeMont Reese, and he'll be joining us in the studio here in a moment. Looking forward to that. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. 
AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 412 on The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Uh, just a quick note for you, we are coming down the home stretch with our Ministry of the Month feature slash contest. We feature a different ministry each month. This time around, Pastor Rick's Daily Hope with Rick Warren. You can catch that weekday afternoons at 2 on WFIL. Rick's the founder and pastor of Saddleback Church in California and author of a couple of books you might have heard about. Uh, bestsellers, The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church. Every weekday in October, we've been making winners of prizes, including the book, The Habits of Happiness, or a Prepare Your Heart for Christmas Advent Calendar. Folks like Adam and Perkisey, Karen and Cherry Hill, and Randy in Westchester, plus who can forget William in Whitehall, especially with the alliteration there. They have all been winners this month and many others. There's a grand prize, too, which features books by Rick Warren, a journal, and a scripture box. So if you can, sometime between now and tomorrow night at 11.59.59, get yourself in the mix by clicking the Ministry of the Month banner at WFIL.com. We now welcome aboard our guest today. Uh, went to school together, Demont Reese. Hello, sir. Hello, Tim. Good to see you. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the station here. What do you think so far? Nice building? Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful location. I'm glad it's close by. Aesthetically pleasing? Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, that's important to you because you have a long history in photography. Yes. And a business in photography. And uh, get a little closer to that if you can. I want to get you, I want to hear your voice as well as possible. The, uh, photography angle has been i remember because we went to high school together yes if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but i remember basically you walking the halls with the camera around your neck it seemed like that, that is correct now can we give can we give the high school plug as well <laughs> sure go ahead <laughs> yeah yes I, I did i was fortunate enough and was blessed that my parents were able to send me to film my christian which was definitely one of the best things of my life because that was the seed was planted now i wasn't the most committed person but that seed got planted later and it grew later, and it did help, help me on my Christian walk. Yeah, and I know we've been chatting back and forth on Facebook about what it's like to go to a Christian school, or not everybody's a Christian necessarily, but it's the norm, it's what's expected, uh, to a situation where, uh, you know, we go in the workplace where Christianity may not be the norm necessarily, going out into the world. Uh, I went to Penn State after going to Philmont uh, on purpose, partly for that very reason. Share a bit about that. We're going to talk our time with you here, including the, the craft you have done all these years, photography. Uh, just share your thoughts on what it was like to kind of go from Philmont and out into the working world and taking your faith with you. Well, to start, um, you can just say the basic thing is, first of all, you have to have some type of vision. I first started out in high school. I did not know what I wanted. One day I was playing JV baseball. A guy was sliding home. I had a 110 camera, and I just probably dated myself there. <laughs> <laughs> and I take a picture of a guy sliding in the home plate, and I take the one, and I get a photograph of the ball coming, the guy sliding, the dirt, and a tag. And that point on, I said, I want to be a photographer. That really? was in 1980. Now, two more years later, I was on the yearbook, and we went to a yearbook seminar. At that seminar, there's a gentleman who said, and just amazing, just one person can change your life. He said, you can go to school for this. And the light went off. I said, really? Because I wasn't doing the best as far as academics. And it was like, you know, I was still finding myself. Yeah. So there was a school called Antonelli Institute. Uh, it was a two-year program, which is something that I wanted to do because they put you through a program and you're, you're right into your field. Okay. I went there for two years. One of the best things I 
definitely got into. Um, and talking about the Christian walk, the thing I, I think about the most, the first week I went through the hallways, I remember hearing music on the radio. And coming from a Christian school, you didn't have radios in the hallways or anything like that. So that was the first culture shock. But I think sometimes when we go to school, the purpose of school, we get the education. But the education is finding out and meeting people from different cultures, different backgrounds, Christian, non-Christian, Catholic, Jewish. And I met a number of different people who had different backgrounds and were a little on the wild side. But I can say when I started school, I never drank, I never smoked, I never did drugs. And this is my 28th year in business. I still haven't drank, I haven't done drugs, and still haven't practiced anything um, as far as drug-related. So you have to make a decision. To me, I had enough problems just trying to think on my own. And we all know that our body is a temple. So therefore, you keep that in mind. And I said, the seed is planted there. Now, we go back and forth sometimes, and we're still finding ourselves. But I remember that, again, that seed was planted, and there's things, I just couldn't do those things. And I had plenty of friends who were doing things that were crazy. And the funny part is, I went to school with guys who were far more talented than me. A lot of them died doing drugs, doing suicide, Mm. uh, cocaine, far more talented beyond what I could have ever done. And they're not even here. So, again, the seed was planted, and I I just kept myself faithful. And my Christian walk grew as I developed more Christian friends and had more experiences in the business. Yeah, DeMont Reese is in with us. And uh, before we go further, do you have a website for your photography yes. business? you can find me at dreesephotography.com. Okay, D as in David, R-E-E-S-E, dreesephotography.com. Yes, and okay. then we also have a Facebook page. You can like us at DeMont Reese Photography. Okay, so people can look at your work that way, just, yes. just for context as well. But specifically, so you're, you talked about a few things there. One is the, the idea of an, an encouragement for people who are teaching, whether they're teaching in a Christian school, whether they're just training their children up in God's ways to be encouraged to plant the seeds, and maybe you're not seeing fruit right now, or it's been a long season, or maybe it's a slow uh, growth kind of a right. thing, so marination over time, and then maybe there's some fruit later on that you see. But the call to be faithful in planting those seeds is is not lost on me as you're speaking there, whether, again, you're a teacher or a parent or in whatever walk of life you're at, including... What we really want to talk about today especially is what is it like to take your craft and photography in your case and go live that out? Because you could take photos just of you know church whatever or just of certain things that right. you wouldn't ever have to struggle with perhaps compromise or, right. or faith matters of faith. Or you can take your craft and, and perhaps be a blessing wherever you go with it. Right. In and of itself, photography is obviously not a – like a right or wrong thing, it's, right. but it, but it, it, there's a lot to it. So uh, maybe for fun, we could mention just a couple of the opportunities you've had, just so people understand, too, along the way. Right. You've actually had some really cool opportunities in the right. photography world. Well, I would say after I got out of school, I worked um, for about six months for um, – I was a sales rep for a company. Then I worked for a company called Carwell Studios, which is a yearbook company, which is probably one of the best things that ever I've ever done. They had contracts with about 100 high schools, also 100 universities. So I got to fly all over the country, wow. all, over the, all over the East Coast, work at these different schools, meet different people, see the craft, see how things work in the photography world. Um, but as, as far as developing my craft, learning how to shoot different events, every sport, every I've been in helicopters, mud wrestling, um, <laughs> football games, basketball games. We're not talking like two or three. We're talking like thousands over a period of time. 
So by the time I was able to move on and go to my own business, I was already seasoned. And I had already met some folks and contacts. Yeah. And it's funny how we work. I ended up working in the archdiocese a lot. I was at a football game. And I always tell people, you never know who you meet. Yeah. And I also coach middle school basketball. And I always tell the kids, every time you're out there, it's an interview. You don't know who you're interviewing for. I met a gentleman. He said, listen, we need a photographer. Do you have a dark room? This is, um, again, this is probably 1992. Okay. I said, I said, yes. I didn't have a dark room. So I went, <laughs> so I went home that weekend yes. and, and got a dark room. Yep. And I worked for that client. Now, it was a small client. And I always tell people, you know, why would God bless you for the bigger jobs if you don't take the smaller ones? That small client, 15 years later, I was in Rome photographing the canonization of Catherine Drexel. Those who don't know, for Catholics, that is like the Super Bowl for Catholics. Every particular saint in the, in the world has a person from each continent. We had one that was Mother Catherine Drexel, Catherine Drexel who, was, who was the founder of Drexel University. She was from wow. the Philadelphia area. So here I am, in, 15 years in later. Rome? Right, in Rome. <laughs> but again, people say, well, you got that. Just like, no, that was 15 years of God preparing me mentally, physically, and economically to act like act yeah. like somebody who had some sense and when profes- I went over to Rome professionally. Right, professionally. Right, right. To go over there. And it took 15 years. Tamar Reese, my guest in studio. It's Tim DeMar's show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Quick break. Come back with more. Thanks for tuning in today. It's WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. AM 560, WFIL, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Our guest in studio, DeMond Reese, longtime friend who happens to be a longtime photographer for many, many years, has done some pretty amazing things just talking about his time in Rome before the break and also talking about a lot of the little stuff that you, you know, were willing to do and felt like that was part of why you should, you know, you got to do the small things to get to the bigger things. Do you think... It's possible sometimes uh, uh, people think they should be able to skip right to the the big stuff and, and not have to do the harder, the, the smaller jobs that might be a little bit less glamorous, if you will. I think it's a generational thing. I think the generation I grew up in, you didn't have the faster lifestyle. You didn't have the internet. Yeah. You didn't have the expectancy. That sounds at so your fingertips. old. No internet. What? <laughs> you didn't have that expectancy as opposed to my generation. You knew you had to pay your dues before you got the opportunities, and that was just how it was, as opposed to now things can happen overnight. Um, so I guess there's that mixture of trying to believe that, okay, well, this is the way it is. It's not like that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to prepare and you have to believe and you got to have faith, you know, and that's that catch. You know, faith is when things aren't going right. You know, am I still going to get that job? Because I was sharing with you before, we're not on a salary. Every month we have to meet our month and have faith and believe and pray and pay our tithes and do the things that we're supposed to do in order for us to really receive the full blessings. Hmm. Now, everybody's at a different walk. We're all at a different place. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. Um, and to do all those consistently over a period of time, even in the rough times when maybe you just have enough just to pay your tithes, you know, maybe you have something. I mean, when you're in business, it's up, there's downs, there's ups and downs, and it fluctuates. But, again, there's the good times, and you have to prepare for the smaller times as well. Yeah. DeMont Reese is our guest. You can find out more about his work, uh, uh, Photography. 
www.thepatriotmedia.com and also on Facebook that way as well. We're just talking today about a few things, but also the idea for those who are believers and who are in business and in the working world and some of the challenges and some of the things that are appropriate. I'm thinking, for example, uh, you know, that, that opportunity, you've um, also had some other neat opportunities, actors and actresses and uh, a couple of sitting presidents, not meaning yes. they were sitting down, they were the current president, <laughs> That's right? right? Who did you photo- take? Um, I've, I've had the opportunity to photograph President Obama. I had the president, opportunity to take uh, President Bush. Yeah. Also, I was in 2015 when the Pope came here. I also had the opportunity of being one of the official photographers. Uh, I was given a police escort, so I was able to be with him for maybe for about a half hour. So the running joke is we were, we spent 10 hours and out of those 10 hours, we spent 20 minutes with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, so, right. so we said it was a lot of downtime, but just the fact that I've, exp- I was able to uh, be involved with, I've, I've covered the Phillies parade. I've covered the Eagles parade. I've covered uh, the Pope, which is probably the three biggest parades in the city's history. And just the fact that wow. I was fortunate enough, a guy from Philmont Christian who did yearbook is at this place and was had those opportunities. I just feel incredibly blessed. Yeah. Well, it speaks to the diligence and also God providing opportunities. And each of us has, as you say, a different path and God may, may have some folks who listen, who don't get to do anything super ex- exciting like that, but, but God's calling us to be faithful and, and he knows why he's doing what he's doing. So we have hope in his character that he's good. And I'm thinking, even as you mentioned the the presidents, I, I covered uh, Air Force One coming in when President Trump was in last year for the Army Navy game, and just the clearances, just to wait, just to see the plane. For he came over, shook hands, and and like 90 seconds, and then he had to go to the game, and all the clearance, all the dogs, everything. Just <laughs> what was it like for for President Obama or President um, Bush for you? Well, the, the good thing is after 2001, that's when things really changed. Yeah, it's always it's amazing how. One year made a difference. I went over to Rome in 2000. Totally different story. If, two, if this would have happened in 2002, because of security reasons and yeah. the cost, I would have not been able to go to Rome. That would have not happened. Same thing as far as Obama and as, uh, President Bush. It wasn't that bad. When I had security, they told me to take off my belt, take off all my um, equipment, and the dogs sniff everything. I said, <laughs> so I said to him, I said, well, if the dogs stop moving, does that mean I'm in trouble? <laughs> and they said yes. That's funny. So, um. But I remember um, being there, and I stood on top of a chair to get president, uh, get a better shot of President Bush. And the security came over so fast, <laughs> so quick, and said, wow. uh, "No, you have to stand down." I said, "Okay, no problem." Well, is that um, at the White House, or was that an uh, that event? was that was at an event? Yes. Okay. Um, and how about President Obama? Um, same situation. I was at an event, and the security came over. You have to go through. <laughs> It almost takes the fun out of covering an event because it's so now yeah. because of nine eleven it's just so much security. Zacchaeus would never be able to be a photographer then, like uh, up in that tree. Get down <laughs> out of the tree, man! You can't do that. Well, so tell us though about mm-hmm. along those lines. Then uh, again, for those just tuning in, it's Tim Demont Show and WFIL. Demont Reese is a, a, an old friend of mine. We went to school together many years ago. We've kept in touch over the years, and today we're talking some about being a believer and 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 being uh, in the business world and uh, what's it like. Uh, rooted in your faith, as you talked about earlier, to say, you know, no matter what you're doing for work or or your craft or whatever it might be, it's only going to go really as far as, Lord willing, you're, you're walking with him closely. So the decisions you're making and the challenges you face, you're doing in the right way, right? right? Not in your own wisdom or just trying to manage the way a human would manage. But share a minute about how you've, how you've, any challenges you've had in terms of keeping the faith, working in various environments, or maybe following the Lord's not the norm, or... Uh, or any chance times you've had to maybe compromise a bit about what you 
you know, you've had to do or, or had to make a decision. I'm not going to do that because I, I don't believe that's the right thing to do. Well, to answer your question, um, the first probably 10 years of um, when I was in photography, I did a lot of sports PR. Then after that, I've always wanted to do fashion. After probably after 1992 to 95, I was really developing a fashion that, here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I would say that's when, you know, the enemy has always say the enemy always sends us assassins. But, you know, when you're starting and you're in that place and I wasn't committed like I am now. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you. The fashion world, there are no rules, hmm. and they come at you in all directions from men to women. Now, I'm not homophobic, but yeah. you're going to get those men who are making challenges, who are making advances, sure. who will constantly. Now, now I know how women feel when men bug them all the time. <laughs> I, I totally yeah. know how that feels because um, I've been on the other side where men have constantly bugged me. It's like, and you don't want to be rude. Just like. Yeah, you're just not interested. I think it depends on your strength. As far as a person, it's like I don't get bugged out about. It. It's like I'm just not yeah. interested. Yeah. Um, and as a as a male, you have to remember we're dealing with the women. Uh, women will make advances or do things because in you know in the fashion world, I tell people it's it's a whole different world. I bet. Um, there's no rules. So does that lend itself to like you know well you know what maybe I'm going to have to just not do fashion gigs or be super selective because sometimes you might not know till you get into it. But well, maybe certain fields lend themselves a little bit more toward well this could be a problem if I'm. Well, I think it th- I think it depends on the individual how much you want to go far until you still want to get paid. And to me, I never was a compromise. Because number one, I want to get paid, so I'm not swapping any events for you because of what I do. Yeah. And then two, no matter what the situation is, you have to say, okay, if you're going to, you know, sometimes a model will come in and they just feel comfortable just taking off things, this, this, and that. Yeah. Because of a photo shoot, it's like, um, excuse me, yeah. like, um, <laughs> can you please go over there? I, <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not interested in yeah. seeing seeing a situation. Yeah. And you know, you just have to be professional about it. That's all. If you're professional yeah. and do it as a profession. I think they'll respect you the same way. And I, I've never had that issue. Now, I've heard stories from other photographers, but they've probably opened up the door and they don't care. And I've always told um, fathers, I said, well, would you rather have me shoot your daughter as some other some other guys, my brothers in this, in this business who are looking to take advantage of you yeah. and do all kinds of things and lie to you? Or and that's another thing. It's not so much the physical aspect, but if the Lord gave me this, he can take it away just like that. So you have to be honest with people. There's, I always tell people, everybody gets blessed. I've been under market value since the beginning, since I've been doing this. And that's just how it has been. To get over that, I, I don't know. I, it's just one of the Lord's things. You know, it's funny. Back, I remember one time I was shooting a, a wedding. And actually, I remember this day very clearly. Yeah. It was the day the Eagles were playing Chicago. And Donovan was going back to Chicago as a football, and a football game. He was the quarterback. There was a bride. We had a wedding. It's so like five inches. The bride comes in. And she's late, already an hour. There's nobody there. Well, the weather was was that was, that was the weather, weather was bad. Yeah. And she comes in. She's an hour late. I'm sitting there, and she says, "Well, I still have to take a shower." She's a late an hour. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Wow. So I'm sitting there and go say, "Lord, like, why you? Why is it that you send me these folks? Why can't I just make more money?" <laughs> and you know what he said to me? He said, "Because you're the only person that has the patience to deal with this." Yeah. And from that point on, I went from 35 weddings to like 100 weddings. And I, I got it. And that's just how I've been since then. It's like, mm. those who don't have, come to me. We'll take care of you. We'll find a way. Christian, non-Christian, we'll bless you. So yeah. we'll, we'll find some way to work it out. DeMont Reese, my guest uh, today is Tim DeMarcio, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Forecast, by the way, calling for clouds and a little bit of rain still yet. The rest of the afternoon tonight and through tomorrow. It could be heavy tomorrow, a thundershower or two. 
Uh, 58 the low this evening, 72 the high tomorrow. Then a lot of sunshine for as we you know head toward the weekend, uh, FYI. Uh, but a lot colder around 50, 55. Flyers lost 7-1 to Pittsburgh last night. Uh, World Series, Washington 7-2 over Houston. Series tied at three games apiece with game, piece with game seven tonight. The deciding game seven at 8.08. And the Sixers are home this evening at seven against Minnesota. We'll take a brief break, continue our conversation with DeMont Reese here. It's the Tim DeMont Show on AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. My good friend, DeMont Reese, is uh, hanging out. Longtime friend, but photographer for many, many years. We've known each other since high school, and he's done a lot of different things. We've been talking about photographing the Pope and presidents and many other people and celebrities and all that, but also the path to that, and and the point not being that as much as, uh, you know, what's it like to be a believer in the first place and taking your craft and, and working at it and taking it from perhaps a a smaller environment, like a Christian environment, we went to Christian school together, and then going out in the world. And, and what are some of the obstacles, some challenges to your faith you may face? Um, we were kind of talking about that a little bit before the break, how uh, some people will want to, what they're more comfortable with is is kind of working in Christian circles uh, because they're just not sure what it would be like to operate in a, in a, in a you know, public square, for lack of a better term. And others are, are, are fine with it. I, I think as I'm getting older— I'm less worried about that. Me personally, uh, I'll give you a quick quick story as an example. Uh, there's a guy named Eli who joined me on. Um, uh, he's a musician on the on the air years ago. Great guy, and he used to play a music festival in Europe. And um, every year there would be people. I'm trying to remember. This is like 20 years ago. He told me this, but every year there would be people who would come across the river from where this Christian music festival was happening. And they would, uh, you know, kind of cause trouble or have their own festival that was louder and and kind of lewd. And they were they were kind of just trying to overpower the Christian festival. And one year, uh, when when Eli showed up, uh, I think the, the only year he had shown up to that point, um, he was learning about the history of the festival. The the people on the other side of the river were actually mooning the uh, the Christian side of the festival, and and the people were shocked. And Eli's laughing, and they're like, "What are you laughing about?" He's like, "Well." As he heard about the story, he's like, what do you expect? Like, they, they, you know, they're not, they, they don't know the Lord. Like, don't be, I mean, be offended, yes, but don't be surprised. And, and, and then he wound up walking across the river and engaging these folks. And they said something to the effect of feeling, um, you know, they just weren't heard or loved or reached out to. And it made, it made, it made, it made a big difference. Um that he came across and, and just built some common ground with them. So I, anyway, I don't know. What are your thoughts are, you know, with, with the work that you're doing with all this? Sort of thing? I, I think you just have, I think it's where you're at and everybody has a different walk. Cause I've met other Christians in my business, especially in the fashion and entertainment world. Sure. Who do it when it's convenient. And again, I'm not knocking them because we're all at different places. It took me a while before I grew, but there's a line that you cross and it's, it's, it's a line in the sand where it's only so much you can take. And again, if you want to go to a certain place and if you're not at that certain place and you, why, you're saying, Lord, well, why am I not there? What are you willing to do? What do you have to give up? I remember when my business was at uh, back in 03, you know, I, my business was doing great. I just got a house. 
And I thought, I thought it was going to be great. And Lord was like, well, listen, I've given you this. I've given you wealth. I've given you a house. I've given you things that you want. What are you going to do for me? Have you joined a church? Have you been committed? Have you been tithing? Have you been doing these things? But yet you want to go to all these different places and do all these different things. Now I've done them for you. And what are you going to do for me? And I started seeing my business decline a little bit. And that's, that was like my, my wake-up call of to go to that next level, now we have to commit. We have to give up some things. We have to get rid of some people in our lives mm. who are not. My circle of friends came to a point where maybe there were too many non-Christians in them as opposed to the right Christians. As opposed to now I can open up my phone and there's pastors and ministers, evangelists, or just good Christian brothers and sisters that I could talk to. Yeah. Um, not to say that people in the world are not, but you have to have a circle around you that protects you and watches over you and that you're praying with. And again, if you want more, you got to give more. You got to go deeper, you know, in prayer, spending time. And, and as he says, he's a jealous God. But if you're not spending time with him, you're not doing prayer in the morning. You got to do something. You can't do nothing and still reap the benefits. You got to give up. You, you got to give up <laughs> something. Jo- you know, jo- it's not that deep. Remain in divine. You know, and if things aren't going your way, like, well, have another, you know, everybody has a different view on tithing. I say, look, I've had no tithing and I've seen the devourer come against me. I've tithed for 16 years and I've seen the Lord open doors that no man could have opened. I've seen him watch over me, put his hand over me when the impossible was coming. <laughs> and you can do you can believe your way. I'm just going to take my way. I'm not trying to convince everybody to shut the gospel down. I'm just going to try to live by example. Yeah. And if you want to ask questions, we're all at different places. And and the biggest thing I I realized is when we go to church, I thought everybody was is perfect. The church is a hospital. It's a hospital for those who are hurt and those who are who need healing. We're not all perfect, you know. Yeah. There might be not a guy yet. in the parking lot who's the attendant who might be cursing. He's at a different place. But he's there. He's he's trying to get healing and help. It's just like, you know, yeah. I, I, I joined my church, I think it was in 04, Bishop Granham. I go to New Covenant Church in Philadelphia. Sure. One of the best things I've ever done. His teachings solved a lot of things. And for me, once I heard what I was supposed to do the correct way, I was good to go. I, my problem was I didn't come from a spiritual-based family. I guess you could say I came from a spiritually dysfunctional family. Okay. Everything else was right mentally, emotionally, and economically, but the spiritual reasons, oh, we do this because of this. This is why you don't do this. Oh, now I get it. It took a while for me to get to that place. And I always tell people, they had to send the spiritual police after me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and and I had the regular police, but you know, the spiritual police was a little deeper. You know, the Holy Spirit had to deal with me and pull with me and say, Okay, brother, how much is it gonna take for us to get you to get to the right side? And um yeah. and then finally I said, Okay, I surrender. I'm in. Okay, guys. But it took it took a while to get there to that place. Yeah. And uh I just say as Christian people and as even as business people, we have to mix the business side with our personal lives because they all are together. We're Christian, not business, then Christian people. It's, it, there's a difference. Yeah. DeMont Reese, kind enough to stop by the station today. We're chatting about uh, being a believer, being a, uh, excelling at your craft and seeking to honor God with your skills. And in DeMont's case, he, he's been doing photography for many, many years. It's close to, what, 30? Uh, 28 years. 28 years. So uh, D. Reese Photography, D as in DeMont, and then R-E-E-S-E, D. Reese Photography.com, so we can look him up and see the work that he's done, including some of the really cool opportunities I'm sure you've had and the weddings and parties you do and all those, those sorts of things. Uh, one last kind of question for you. Maybe you kind of touched on it as we've been talking, but how would you say your faith in the Lord 
uh, affects your craft and what how you do specifically your craft. Like to be, you know, you know, Proverbs. I, I'm not sure if I said it before. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. You've stood before popes and presidents, so it's true. Skilled in your work, right? Um, specifically, like whether it's work ethic or whether it's uh, whatever aspect of excelling at your at your craft. If you want to talk about your craft a little bit too, that's certainly good too. Well, I, I think I think we're supposed to do everything in excellence, not just I think photography, mentally, emotionally, physically. You try to do it at your best. Now, the catch is, have we been exposed enough to find out what excellence is? Um, I try to learn something from each particular person I photographed. Um, I remember I had the opportunity to photograph Johnny Cochran um, right after the OJ trial. Um, he came in and he said, and this is one thing I learned, and this is back in 96. He said, you know, I'm here at this place because I've been practicing law for 25 years. So I always felt like I was ready. So this opportunity that I have is not because it's all of a sudden I've been ready. I've been practicing for it, and I'm ready. And he said, you know, when you get the opportunity, you have to swing for the fence and be ready to do it as opposed to trying to, you know, get doubles and singles. But you have to prepare yourself. And I always took that and said, listen, i got to prepare my life, and you know, mentally, emotionally, so when the jobs do come, are you ready to handle them? And then you've got to put yourself in position. For example, if you had a car and you haven't taken care of the car, why would God bless you with a nicer car? So my attitude was, Everything he has given me, I got to make sure I've used it to the best of my ability. Hmm. Um, my studios, the places I've been in, I was fortunate enough to move into a place. I was there for uh, 20-something years. And I always tell people, you know, we go through seasons as Christians. And when we're in those seasons, you have to do the best of what you can do because you never know. It could be a year. It could be six months. In my case, it was 20 years downtown yeah. in South Philly. It was the best move I had ever made in that particular building. Um, it had three rooftops. It had over 30 locations. I got to do um, cities in the background. I was downtown. I was For that particular time in my life, that was the best season to prepare me for later on. I moved to Fort Washington, which was a nice commercial area, but it was a little out far. And then the Lord blessed me to move back downtown. Yeah. Now, my whole thing is I always tell people, never say never. I never thought I'd be living in the burbs. I never thought I'd be back downtown. But not only am I back downtown, I'm back downtown in or in Northern Liberties, Ninth and Spring Garden, and I'm paying $1,000 less than what I was paying in Fort Washington. <laughs> DeMont Reese, uh, my guest in studio. It's the Tim DeMar Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. I'm some good conversation today about faith and what it's like to use your craft in the workplace and how do you stay faithful to God and using the gifts he's given you. We'll take a quick break and wrap up our time with him uh, here at the Tim DeMar Show and WFIL. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Joe's bobbing his head. Ringo Starr's photograph song there. Yeah. So we're doing that, obviously, because we have... Special guest in the studio today, good friend of mine, Demont Reese. Went to school with years ago. He's been uh, doing photography for forty, I mean, since high school, you know, thirty years and so. And uh, and talking about a number of things today, kind of ranging on the topic of your your walk with the Lord, growth from you know that you had, and also what it's like to do your craft and grow in your craft, business principles, and being a Christian in a world that's not 
uh, you know, Christian a lot of the time and, and what it's like. So whatever, in a little couple of minutes we have left, just any closing thoughts you have on, on whatever? I've always said I, I've, the best thing about my career, I've always made sure I enjoyed the journey Yeah, um, and tried to make the best out of every situation so I can't complain later on. I didn't do this or I didn't try this. Yeah, um, That's money in the bank. Right. Because then you can look back and say, exactly. I didn't know where the path was going, but that day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, it's some good words, Demont, and uh, and we have a, at the uh, end of the day we you know put the podcast up online so people can also listen if they just tune in partway through or for you to, as well if you want to share it with your friends and all that. And okay. Again, your site for for folks that on Facebook, if you can repeat those. For yes, dreesephotography dot com. That's dreesephotography dot com. Okay. Or you go on Facebook, Demont Reese Photography, or you can go to our Instagram page, which is uh, Photo. Okay. Uh, for Instagram, for the I know for the younger generation, it took me a while, to, <laughs> and I mean I I just figured out how to do it about maybe a month ago, and people was, uh, to take photographs and get them on Instagram because yeah. people would ask me all the younger folks were like, are you on Instagram? Are you on Instagram? It's yeah. like, well, why? Yeah, and, then, and that's the thing now. If you're not on Instagram, they don't want to deal with you. So that is a movement we move forward to, and it's definitely a direction I'm going into. And you do so, and this as far as your craft, do you spend your time doing one thing more than another, or well, I like to do all types of things, fashion, sports, PR, music, CD covers, um, PR meaning special events, okay. uh, weddings, sweet 16s. Um, after an 08, you have to just create a new self. And instead of just doing fashion, um, we do everything. I'm okay. fortunate enough that – I'm fortunate enough that I can do everything else. I have a lot of my other friends who got stuck in one niche yeah. and therefore when you – the more options that you have, the more streams of income you can bring in and – I always tell people they're not always going at the same time. Yeah. And if you think about it in biblical terms, um, I believe Job, Job had different types of businesses. Um, uh, the Federal Express would be considered like he had he had cattle. <laughs> right. um, so right. we, too, have to do the exact same thing and think the same way. The more streams of income, more things we do. I'm also a middle school basketball coach. I was had the opportunity to do that at Philmont Christian, my alum, uh, as an alum for 25 years. And now I'm at Plumstead Christian. And again... Never say never because I never thought in my wildest dreams yeah. that I would be in Plumstead Christian as a middle school coach for boys and girls. But I will say the best thing I learned about going to a Christian school is, one, you develop relationships because that's what it's about, developing yeah. relationships from different cultures of different people. And for those who are on the fence about going to Christian schools, that is the difference. Um, you need to have a seed. You need to have protection. And you you develop a sense of friends not over just a short period, but over 20 to 30 years, I can go back to my friends. Yep. Um, I'm at Plumstead Christian because I knew a gentleman, class of 82, who said, come on up. We have a basketball position after I retired at Philmont. So you, you just never know. Yeah. I was coaching at Philmont for the first time back in 92. And the only reason I was coaching was because at that particular time, black athletes were acting a fool. And Charles Barkley had just threw somebody through a window. So I said, if I ever, if I ever get a chance to coach. So you coach, wanted to do it too. So, no, wait. <laughs> exactly. So if I ever get a chance to coach, I would love to be a role model. Yeah. And a friend of mine said, listen, my wife's pregnant. I can't do this anymore. I was like, I'll never have the opportunity. I, I think I'm busy. I did it for 25 years. <laughs> so that's, I, and that's why that's an example. They come in seasons. You got. I never thought in my wildest dream I'd be coaching for 25 years, yeah. um, but it comes in season. And the best thing I learned was I'm a single man, but looking at kids with Christian fathers and showing what love is uh, to their kids is one of the best things I've learned 
And I had some great Christian families that you could just observe and watch. So for that 25 years, it was great for me just to see that. So whenever I decide to have a family, I understand it's not just going to school, being a father, but seeing those dads interact with their kids. And you're like, wow, that's different, you know. Yeah. And and that's the difference with Christian schools. That's great. Demont Reese again in the studio with us today. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. You outdressed me. I'll have to <laughs> it's admit. been a pleasure. I'm not used to, you know, I don't have a, the, the show on. Uh, we've talked about you know, have the show on whatever video. I'm like, nah, why? Do I have to shave? <laughs> I do wear a collared shirt every day, but I don't usually get the, the dress shoes and jacket on. Well, I've stuff. seen you at weddings, and you look pretty sharp at the weddings. Well, you That's know, for sure. <laughs> for a guy who's every day like myself, to ha- I do have put a tux on pretty well. Yes, you do. I know. I mean, I know how to do it. It's like one thing I'd never guess. Oh, yeah, you know, whip a tux on, no problem. So. Good. Well, thanks again. God bless you. Keep up the thank good you. work. Thank you. Thanks, and, and once again, thank you for having us, having me on here. Absolutely. DeMont Reese, again, hanging out uh, and, and being our special guest today. And just to give you a quick heads up as we're winding down the program, um, you know, this you'll tune in on any given day and you never know what you're going to get in a way. Uh, what you will, but you part of it, you will. Um, the program, if you're new to the show, it's Christian Framework. I'm a believer. I love the Lord a lot. Program's based on John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so we want this program to reflect that. Uh, I like to say it's like what I, I hope my life is like when the microphone goes off in a minute and I go outside and I go down and get a, something to eat or I'm driving around and someone cuts me off in traffic. I hope that how I act here is the same how I would act outside the studio. And so to that end, we'll have guests on the program from all walks of life. Uh, because we have that in common, that Jesus did die for us all. And not everybody has accepted that yet. But if you're walking the planet, you're breathing, you have a chance. And radio, uh, there's research, lots of research that, de- that shows that there are a lot of people who listen to radio who are just considering things in the privacy of their cars or in their homes. And so we want you to feel like you're welcome to listen in and uh, and, and hopefully hear what the Lord's about and give consideration to him. And if you are a believer, that definitely you're, you're challenging your walk and encouraged to grow. We have a couple of special—so sometimes our guests will be very Christian, if you will, like clearly, including uh, Carrie Vaughn, who's the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries with Adrian Rogers. We also have Dave and Ann Wilson and Bob Lapine, the co-hosts of Family Life, which airs weekday mornings at 9 on WFL. They're all on the horizon. Very much looking forward to chatting with them. A bunch of other great guests coming up as well. We appreciate your prayers for us, and also check out the podcast anytime you like at WFIL.com. Jim Axon, Max 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.